Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode today. number 22. It's hard to believe this is a 22nd uh, interview that we've done. The 22nd interview of a series of episodes that we're calling Leading Others to Christ. During these episodes, and those of you who've been watching, you know what we're trying to do with this. Our, our focus is going to be on evangelism. We have a lot of different goals with this project, but uh, the main one is, uh, uh, is to talk about evangelism and to stir us up, if you will, uh, to love and good works, but especially in the area of reaching our family, our friends, our neighbors, co-workers with the gospel of Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana. And as I've been saying every time, Franklin is about 20 miles south of downtown Indianapolis. Those of you that know me know that I'm passionate about leading others to Christ. And I have been ever since I was taught and when I obeyed the gospel, getting to be a long time ago now, but when I was 21 years old in, in Owensboro, Kentucky. And I've always been striving to learn how to do this. I've always been wanting to know how to, how to teach others, uh, to use some Bible phrases, uh, to sow the seed, to be a fisher of men, to make disciples, to lead others to, to Christ. And I've been quoting this passage uh, where Paul was talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy. And the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, obviously men and women, who will be able to teach others also. And so I came up with this idea to try to find the Christians out there that are involved in this work, the fellow workers, the men and women, the ones that are really uh, reaching and, and leading others to Christ. And once we identified them, to interview them. And we want to learn about them. We want to learn who they are, where they are, how they're doing their work. And quite frankly, as I said, this is the 22nd. We've been very pleased with the response that we've had to this so far. And we want to encourage those of you that are that are listening here to keep sharing it and uh, liking it and sharing it with all of your uh, contacts uh, so that we can continue to get the word out there. But all right, today we're excited to have with us Brady Cook. Welcome, Brady. Thank you. Good to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to do this. Now, Brady works with the uh, Hillside Church of Christ in in Greenville, uh, Texas, and uh, we're just delighted uh, to have him here and Again, I've said this before, but get out your paper and pencil if you, if you don't have that already. Uh, there's going to be a lot of notes you're going to take here, we, a lot that we can learn. I haven't met Brady uh, in person. Brady, I'm looking forward to, Lord willing, to doing that one of these days. But mm-hmm. uh, Brady and I did get a chance to call the other day, talk and, uh, in, in preparation for the interview. But he has a lot to share. And um, especially when we get to the area of talking about technology, uh, this is a part of his world right now, big part of it, uh, and how of using technology to reach the, the current generation, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and that company is uh, Diakonos Marketing, and, and like mm-hmm. I say, we'll we'll get into that and in, in more uh, in a few minutes. Props, but, props to you yeah. for pronouncing it correctly, too. By the way, well, I, you know, <laughs> you, you know, I hesitated. Had to get yeah. right. all right. Yeah. Well, let's start out. We've been doing all these, Brady, with what, you know, the old elevator pitch, uh, a bio. So tell us a little bit about where you were born, who taught you the gospel, uh, okay. and kind of bring us up to speed here. 
Yeah, well, I'm originally from Amarillo, Texas. Um, I lived there until I went off to college. I worshiped with the Olson Park Church of Christ there in Amarillo, moved to deep east Texas in Nacogdoches to attend Stephen F. Austin State University in 2005, I believe it is. Graduated there with my degree in marketing, of all things, from SFA. And also when I was there, I also did a, a two-year preacher training program with the Loop 287 Church of Christ in Lufkin. And that was really kind of the formative period. That's where I learned how to preach. That's where I did a lot of appointment preaching. I think as every preacher does, right, when they start off, they do about a year or more of just kind of freelance preaching where they go all these different places. And I was fortunate to meet some of the most amazing human beings that I've, I've still met to this day, just great human beings, great people. But more importantly, people that are passionate about the gospel, people that want to encourage young preachers. So I graduated from SFA in 2009, moved up to Greenville uh, right after this church was uh, going through a pretty tough split at the time. Uh, that is long in the past. Now we're a thriving, growing congregation. Greenville, for those who don't know, is about 30 miles, 45 miles uh, east of Dallas. And so we're right off Highway 30. Uh, Greenville is exploding. There's a lot of, you know, Dallas is exploding, but there's a lot of people that are in Dallas that are moving outside of Dallas. And so we've been the beneficiaries of a lot of that. Uh, but I've been here uh, almost 11 years now. I went back to school in 2015 for my master's degree in history, graduated in 17. Just try to keep learning, try to keep growing and done, done some other things along the way too, which I imagine we'll probably talk about. But um, that's kind of the elevator pitch. That's who I am. All right. Well, good. Yeah, I'm glad you did that because uh, I, I remember you telling me that the other day that uh, 30 or so miles uh, east of Dallas. Well, I think uh, it's several things that you said there that we could talk about, but uh, I guess the, let's start with this because you said you several people during that formative stage of development, I, I, I guess, of, of your work of people that you've met. Is, is there a mentor or mentors that, that maybe pop into your mind that you'd like yeah. to share with us? There's probably a couple. Um, you know, there were two men that, that trained me at, at uh, Loop 287 uh, in Lufkin. And then there's one I worked with. The one I worked with is Shane Millard. He now preaches out at Hickson, Tennessee um, for the North Hickson Church of Christ. But the two men that were there at the Loop when, when we were there, um, Kyle Campbell was, I don't want to say the junior preacher because there's no junior preacher, <laughs> but he was <laughs> technically the evangelist. The other preacher that was there was more of an elder evangelist hybrid, and that's uh, Jim McDonald. Um, his 90th birthday, as a matter of fact, was just yesterday. So wow. um, he's he's still preaching, still holds regular Bible classes. He's one of those people that, you know, you just, you look up to as kind of a, as a mentor. Kyle's more like an older brother. So he was the one more directly involved in training us. But uh, he's, both of those guys, you know, for whatever it's worth, I wouldn't be sitting here right now if it weren't for those two men, just their impact and their influence. Well, I know uh, you probably talk to them some frequency anytime I hear people say that I always go in my mind I always think about well how have you talked to them in a while maybe you ought to call them send them a card <laughs> send them a card yeah. and say hey was thinking yeah. about you and I really appreciate the time that you spent with me when I was there and you know yeah. sometimes uh, people forget to uh, thank yeah. the ones in our past but um so well, just uh, for reference I do I talk to Kyle probably multiple times a week and talk to Jim probably every every month or so so well and I, I guarantee you and I don't even know them but I guarantee you they they appreciate you as much as you appreciate them so uh, yeah. we got to keep everybody needs a Barnabas right we need to right. keep, <laughs> keep us motivated and keep us going so yeah so uh, tell us a little bit more um, more about the congregation there at Hillside maybe uh, ballpark numbers and in uh, that yeah, uh, Hillside, as I mentioned, right when I got here in 2009, was going through a split. Um, at that time, there were about 30, 35 people. Uh, the church right now has a has an official membership of around 120. I mean, that's most, there's two reasons for that. Number one is 
just the growth of the, of the town itself, as I mentioned earlier. We have, we're, we average, the last five or six years, we've averaged about two or three families moving to town every single year. So oh, wow. that's been fantastic. We put in elders for the first time in our church's history about seven years ago. So we have three elders and four deacons. The other reason I think this church is, is growing so much is this congregation is about, about 50 to 70% first generation Christians. Um, it's all people that have, you know, have converted their spouses, converted their brothers, converted, you know, whoever else. As a matter of fact, when I first got here, I was, I would, I remember I was in a conversation with somebody and talking about a preacher that's nearby that I thought, I just assumed being 23 years old, that everybody had heard of him and nobody had. And that was good for me because it meant that I, I didn't really have, you know, any kind of, you know, barometer to hit or any kind of, you know, guideline. But it, it also showed me that the people here care the most about, uh, about just doing God's work. It's not about, you know, trying to bring in big name preachers. It's not about trying to have a reputation. All they care about is sharing gospel with other people. And right after I moved here, I, I tried to kind of instill both in myself and everybody else. And it's kind of been a team effort. This kind of every man is an evangelist or every person's an evangelist mentality where yes. I don't necessarily do ever all of the, you know, the Bible studies, but I do feel like as Paul told Timothy, I, my job is to equip the saints for ministry. I handle my studies that I get, other people handle theirs. And I certainly, you know, jump in whenever they need me to. I'm always, you know, text message away. But I, I really feel like instead of having one person that's the preacher, it's better to have everybody be an evangelist for a whole bunch of reasons. Well, so, uh I'm going to, I'm going to jump in there and say amen to that real quick, because that's I'm just, I'm passionate about that too, of equipping the saints and getting everybody involved. And, mm. you know, you have to, you have to learn people. Somebody has to teach me how to do that. And, uh, right. but no, I mean, I, I think it's such an important part of our work that the whole congregation's involved. You're, it's, that's why yeah. one of the reasons I wanted to do this is that it's mm -hmm. not just your job. And in too many places, if any evangelism is going on, that's who's doing it is the yeah. preacher. And people say, well, that's what, that's what we pay you for. That's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What else do you that, do? Yeah, yeah. What else do you do? Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. So that, that's, that's just really good. You, you touched on it a little bit. Why are you doing what you do, Brady? Why are, you know, you, you got to, you, you know, with your education, there's other things you could be doing, but why are you so passionate about telling others about Christ? Well, you know, I, there was, Right after I started preaching, I was very fortunate at the Stone Drive Church in Nacogdoches, which is where I went when I started college. The, the preacher there's name is Randy Harshbarger. Um, he's one of two preachers now. And um, he goes every year over to, to Ethiopia. Um, I think he goes maybe two or three times a year to Ethiopia with another brother from DFW named David Holder. And they would spend you know, six to eight weeks. And right after I started preaching, I was talking to him because you know, when, when you first start preaching, Everybody in the mom tells you how great you are. Everybody tells you how amazing you are and tries to encourage you, which is great. The problem is, is it can lead to kind of an inflated ego. And, you know, I, I remember right around that time, there was a guy who came over, uh, I can't remember his name right now, who came over to did a, do a, did a presentation on the work in Africa right around that year that I was first preaching. So I talked to Randy. I said, I want to go to, to Africa too. So he hooked me up with some people overseas that he knew, some friends of friends of friends. And I spent seven weeks in South Africa and Zimbabwe and um, Botswana preaching. And it wasn't the glamorous, you know, stay in a hotel, get picked up every morning and go to a big building, which is, you know, not what you see too much, but what certainly I imagined before going over there, I, I spent seven weeks in a tent. I think I showered three times. And we would set up these little you know, meetings where people would come from you know, 100 miles away to come hear the gospel. And it was at that point, and the Maydells are the name, Les and Linda Maydell, they live in St. Louis now. 
it was at that point that I realized that Christianity means something different to people when they're dying of AIDS, when they're, you know, they've gone through wars, when they don't have anything. Christianity means something to that, and it should mean something to us. And so from that point forward, it's kind of been my idea that no matter what you're doing, no matter where you're at, you should always, being a Christian should permeate that, and it should spread to all your relationships. It's, we're not talking about setting up a 401k, not that there's anything wrong with that. We're talking about people's eternal souls. There's, no, there's nothing more important in the world than that. So everything has to be centered around that. Well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, I had a chance a few years ago to, uh, well, have been to Africa a couple of times, but right. in particular went to Sierra Leone and uh, one of the most poverty stricken areas in the world. But anyway, but no, uh, it, you know, it, I don't know how many times I thought while we were there is that, you know, you just wish you could pick up the whole congregation where you're from and, and take yeah. them over there with you and say, now look at this, mm -hmm. you know, it, it feel this, uh, smell this, right? Think mm -hmm. of the smells that, and uh, this is what uh, it's it's like out here. I don't want right. to say in the real world, but but we're so spoiled here, right? And, and we just we 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 take it yeah. for granted. So many things. Well, I remember, yeah, and I agree with that totally. There, were, I remember right after I got there. You know, I remember right after we got off the the RV in our first spot, there was a guy that looked at me who was probably in his you know mid to late thirties, I I would imagine, but half of his face was was blown off from napalm with the Rhodesian War in the early eighties, and the other half you had. AIDS boils all over it. And he's probably, you know, he probably has since passed away. But I remember him asking me, he said, and I won't try to do the accent because it's insulting, but it's also horrible on my part. But he asked me, he said, do you, in heaven, will there really be streets of gold? And I, you know, I, I talked to him about that for a little bit, but just that, that, just that mentality of, you know, somebody who has, you know, two changes of clothes, who doesn't really have running water, anything like that, you know, heaven is very, very real to them. And I think yeah. Americans sometimes, we don't need heaven because we got America <laughs> when, so it's just a different mentality. And I, I think that's, that really changed me in, in so many ways. You know, you go over there hoping to do some good and you come back, you're the one that benefits, you know, a thousand oh, yeah, times. Yeah. So many, so many things we could talk about there, but yeah, sure. uh, wow. Uh, Cause I know how fast this goes, but uh, <laughs> tell me of, uh, and I know you have several, but is there a, a one conversion story that comes to mind? It, it might've been over there. It might yeah. be that you'd like to share with us? I would, you know, there's a, there was a moment over there. I was once again, right. It seems like everything happens right after you arrive, <laughs> but I'm sure it happened at a different point. But I remember we were sitting in a, we were sitting in a hut and you know, if you're in Zimbabwe is a very, very poor country. Nobody had electricity for a hundred miles. You know, there, there was nothing. And to this day, I still remember walking out and seeing the stars, how bright they were. The fact that you could read a book outside because there's no electricity, no clouds, none of that. But I remember we were sitting in a, a room that was no bigger than our church building, you know, and there was probably 200 people crammed in this room, sitting on floors, sitting on tables. And I was sitting up against the wall on a table. And I remember seeing a guy um, in the middle of one of Les's sermons, he, he crawled in on his hands and knees. Like I walked in and, and put a, a, a skin rug down and I thought, well, why do you do that? Two seconds later, a guy walks in on his hands and he comes and sits right in front of Les and hears the gospel for the next two hours. Come to find out he had traveled, I think, 80 miles in the back of an ox cart pulled by his best friend to go to this gospel meeting. And so many incidents like that happened. I think he was, I think he was baptized that next day. You know, so many incidents like that, when you see what people go through to hear the gospel, you know, it, the, the least, and this sounds stupid to say, the least we can do is try to help bring it to them. You know, if yeah. somebody's going to work that hard to, to hear what Jesus has to say, then it's selfish of us to not evangelize because we see how much they want it. So that to me stands out the most. Yeah, that's great. And, and again, you're triggering a lot of different memories, but, uh, uh, and I, I think we need to 
tell, I think stories, I mean, the Bible is full of stories, right? And, and mm -hmm. it's one of the most effective ways to teach. But uh, right. that, that's another thing. I, I contend we need to tell these stories more. People need mm -hmm. to hear about that guy and the different ones. There. I mean, because that, we get motivated by reading about the different ones in the scriptures. And the same thing is true today. But anyway, that's, that's just another uh, exciting yeah. thing. All right, let, let's talk a little bit about Diakonos uh, marketing. And I know uh, with you being, we talked about this on the phone the other day. I'm 74. Mm -hmm. I think you just turned 34. I did. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, happy birthday, by the Thank way. You. But uh, of, of you taking, uh, with what you've learned and, mm -hmm. and in school and application and self-education of, uh, of taking these things and developing some tools to help. Uh, in fact, I pulled this off of your site, Diakonos <laughs> uh, Church Marketing, uh, Helping Churches of Christ spread a first century gospel in a 21st century way right uh, a way to help reach the next generation with the gospel so share mm -hmm. with everybody what you're doing there well you know every preacher has a side hustle <laughs> um yeah. i've yet to meet a preacher who doesn't and so about seven or eight years ago i started you know finding ways to make money online and what i found was a whole world i found you know kindle books affiliate advertising drop shipping you know e-commerce all these different things and so i dove really hard into you know the idea of how search engines work, how social media you know, platforms work, and all those different things. And it wasn't too deep into that that I realized that so many of the things that I was looking into can be applied in a spiritual sense. And after several conversations with another Christian up here, we decided about a year ago to launch a, um, to launch a marketing company. As a matter of fact, the first iteration of it was a course. It was, you know, I think, an 80-hour video course that was designed on how to make your church's website appear in search rankings, how to use Facebook. What we specialize in besides those two things is Facebook ads. You know, I've, I've, dealt, I've dealt a lot with paid advertising. In my opinion, Facebook ads is the most underutilized method of advertising, but it's the most powerful thing that, that anybody can do, especially churches, to bring people to the gospel. And so what we do is we, we realize a lot of people didn't want to learn as much, and I don't mean that in a negative way. A lot of people just wanted somebody to do it for them. And you know as well as I do that whenever you're, whenever you're a preacher at a local congregation, you're asked to be the preacher, you're asked to sometimes be the janitor, you, the website guy, all these different things. So our goal is to take as much off of preachers as we can and help churches raise their visibility online. We not only build websites that are custom, we build them that hopefully are beautiful, <laughs> we build them to be efficient. But the most important thing is what nobody sees, which is that technical you know, backend stuff that makes it appear in search engines. So we work with preachers on how to write articles that will appear in search engines. We work with them on how to, how to devise a content strategy, how to get on YouTube, how to amplify their Facebook profile. So anything that can be done online as evangelistically, we want to do that. So it's not just websites. We, we cover everything. We've been fortunate enough to work with about five or six churches so far, and it's, it's been an extremely rewarding experience. Well, and look at, even without knowing, but just knowing uh, mm -hmm. I've done a lot of things in business in the past as well, and uh, of the things that you learn from each one, right? Mm -hmm. Each one, right? Yeah. The, the things that you hear, and, and, it better, mm -hmm. and it, you get better equipped to help with the next group that, uh, right. <laughs> that works with you. Uh, no, but that's, uh, that's so exciting. I, I know uh, that's, what's, uh, that's what's fun or that's what's great about this is we're, you know, we're making connections and uh, mm. to help what, you know, what can I learn from you? What can you learn from me and uh, others that are listening to this? Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, uh, but now just the, uh, just like in doing this, and I don't have mm. the, the firm numbers with me, but uh, since we've started doing this podcast, mm -hmm. uh, and like I said, this is only the, the 20, well, 22nd one, 
but of the number of people that are listening to this right. and over the ones that are overseas, the other countries. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's what's exciting to me, the people that we can try to help get motivated about getting involved in this work again. Right. And maybe that maybe this uh, this will help jumpstart. And the same thing that you're doing with uh, the tools that you're providing is to help groups realize mm -hmm. uh, how they need to communicate with the people in their community. You you were talking about how uh, how Greenville is growing. To me, that's one of the first things somebody ought to do if they're looking at getting a congregation growing again is mm -hmm. to look at the numbers, look at the demographics, and and are people moving in, and what are the right. dynamics? With, or are they all moving out? You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we had last year, we had uh, three families that moved and uh, all for work related, Texas, mm -hmm. Kentucky and uh, northern Indiana. And uh, and you hate to see the people move. But anyway, it's all part mm -hmm. of the whole process. And yeah. I know I, I looked at your website, too, uh, at the church's website. And, and I like this. You talk quite a bit about connecting. And, and, mm -hmm. and I like that. I like the I like the connection card versus a visitor's card. Right. But. <laughs> You, you said on there that you love, uh, the congregation loves connecting with people who want to connect with God. Right. Uh, and then another place you had connect with us and receive a free ebook, mm -hmm. how to study the Bible, a guide to understanding the Bible God's way. Right. Talk about that just real quick. What, uh, if I did that, what would I get, Brady? What would that, what would that look like? So that's basically what we call lead generation device. So we, we have that just kind of sitting there and then somebody inputs their email address and then they receive instantaneously based on, you know, the way we set it up, they receive instantly an ebook, um, which honestly is, is my workbook. I, I write all my own workbooks for, for Hillside. I have for 12 years. And so I wrote a workbook on, you know, how to study the Bible and, and had 13 lessons in it. I just took that, turned it into a book using online programs, which was very simple. And it takes people in 40 pages or less on how to study through the Bible, how to understand genres, how to understand the translations, how to you know, read scripture. And then what, what we're allowed to do then is we have that email address inside of the database. Anytime that church has a gospel meeting, has a sermon series, they're then able to email them and, and inform them about it. And to me, that's really the most amazing part about anything you do online is it's, it's the passive nature of it. You know, we, we tend to think of, and there's nothing wrong with this, but we tend to think of evangelism as one-to-one. -one. I go interact with somebody and that's, that's the extent of it. And then that person interacts with other people. The beauty of online evangelism is you can have the information out there. People can read it, digest it. And then, you know, as John Ford talks about, I sow and somebody else reaps. They can go somewhere else and, you know, and hear the gospel and understand it, you know, talk about it with somebody else. But when you take away the this is going to sound really bad, but when you take away the direct human element of it, you're able to reach so many more people. But if somebody then is able to come back and say, look, I got this off your website. I'd like to know more about it. You have a, a beautiful ready-made study right there. And that, that to me is the application of these digital marketing principles inside the church. We're not changing the gospel. We're just changing how we, how we bring it to people. Well, and that's, uh, and again, that's, mm -hmm. I don't know why, but you know, you go back and look at the history of the church, especially back in the fifties and sixties right? and it was growing like crazy. And then mm -hmm. there's the, uh, you know, with the split and all the controversy and stuff, you know, caused a lot of problems and in a lot of places they haven't recovered from that. Right. And, um, uh, but like, just think about what you say, lead generation system mm -hmm. to some, that they'd look at you like, what is he, <laughs> yeah. what is he talking about? Right. But yeah. we have that we have to go out there and and, mm -hmm. and know how to reach other people. Right. It's it's a fundamental skill set, and uh, and what you're doing there with uh, the Arkansas marketing is providing some tools to help congregations to do that. Uh, well, 
and the reality is the reality is Dan is that there most churches I know of have websites, but yes. you know, in my own kind of personal study that I've done on some of them, just in looking at the numbers that I can tell, almost nobody visits them. And yes. it's kind of one of those, if a tree falls in a forest, is anybody here? You know, I, I run into preachers all the time that write articles every single week, have sermons posted on the website every single week. Then you look at the traffic on those websites and it's maybe two people a month, you know, 10 people a month. And if you can, if you can do some backend tweaks and if you can have a new approach to it, content stays the same. All of a sudden now, instead of 10 people, you have thousand, you have 10,000. And the, the exponential factor of that is what's most exciting is now you're not reaching, you know, 10 people or hundred people in your, in your auditorium. Now you're potentially reaching 10,000 people with your sermon. Uh, it, it really can't be, it can't be overstated enough the possibilities of online evangelism, in my opinion. No, I, I you're, you're uh, wow, uh, yeah. and I know we're, we're out of time here, but there's <laughs> so, so much to do with that. All yeah. right, we always we always end the episode with uh, one thing. We right. Gotta, all right. So what is? And I know there's there. It's hard to do one thing, but yeah. if somebody's listening to this and and Brady Cook has got them excited <laughs> and they want to know. Uh, well, first of all, let's do this. What's a good mm. contact information if somebody wanted to reach out to you? So my direct email address is Brady at Diakonos Marketing. That's D-I-A-K-O-N-O-S. And we haven't even, by the way, talked about Diakonos means bond servant. We view ourselves yes. as being bond servants of churches. So um, it's ironic that, that we're a marketing branding church marketing company and we have the worst <laughs> name in the world because nobody can pronounce it or spell it. But it's a word that's very important to me. It means bond servant. Um, so we view ourselves as being bond servants of churches to help them. So Brady at diakonosmarketing.com. You can just go to diakonosmarketing.com. The contact form goes straight to my email too. So that's probably the easiest way. We have a Facebook page as well. So Good, good. Um, All right, let's go back to the one thing. Somebody yeah. wants to get involved in evangelism and they go, they're talking to you. They give you a call. Brady, what, what should I do? What's one thing that I need to do or learn how to do yeah. to, to lead others to Christ? What would you say? You know, the, the one thing I would say, you know, and everybody says, just do it. And I agree with that, the old Nike slogan, just go out and do it. But I, if I can say something to, that's maybe a little bit different, I would encourage you to put, your, put yourself in the shoes of somebody who not only isn't familiar with your church, but isn't familiar with the gospel. And look at your congregation, look at your sermons, look at your articles, look at your approach and see if through their eyes. You know, most people don't visit a church building without visiting a website first. I think the latest stats is something like 80, 85%. So if your website is terrible, if your front yard looks terrible, then people aren't going to stop. And that could be shallow, but ask yourself, would you stop? You know, I, I, we mentioned this on the phone on uh, earlier this week that I remember a sermon that somebody gave or somebody did a, an academic research and he found out that 93% of churches don't have an evangelism plan. Well, no wonder churches aren't growing. You have, exactly. to, you have to do something and approaching, approaching your church, your preaching, your, your outreach plan, if you even have one, through the eyes of somebody who's not a Christian, to me is the most important thing you can do because then everything kind of tailored, you can change things based on that. Well, again, uh, how many times have I said this in this interview? We could talk about that. I need to do yeah. Maybe we need to do a follow-up with you. But I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay. But, you know, yeah. Of, 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 yeah, looking at what's, what's that definition of insanity? Keep yeah. Doing, keep doing the same thing that you've been doing and expect to get different results. I mean, right. we're not, and you're not talking about, and I'm not either talking about changing the gospel. At no, all. not at all. 
We're no. talking about how to reach people, and and uh, yeah. and you study in the scriptures, and you see there were different ways that they mm-hmm. they reached out to people in the di- different communities. But we've got all these tools today yeah. that if we can just learn how to use them, my, we could reach people yeah. all all around the world. So you know, we're conditioned to think, I think, because of the success of the world around us, we're conditioned to think that people want you know youth groups and you know praise and rock bands and stuff like that, and that's just not true. You know, if you look at Barna Group studies year over year over year, the things that come in the top five of what people want in the church you know, family, you know, something for their family, their kids, you know, but, but overwhelmingly in the top five, what people want is biblical teaching. People, people can go to a movie theater, get movies. I mean, they can go to you know, a restaurant, get food, but people, people look for church consistently over the last 20 years and it hasn't decreased. People want teaching from churches. And if we have to find ways to give that to them, because that's, that's the most important thing. So I, that would be the second thing, if I could say a second thing is, is don't fall into the trap of thinking that people don't want the gospel because people absolutely want the gospel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And see, it's just like by having conversations like this, don't you think mm-hmm. it just, it makes me think you, you introduce, mm-hmm. you introduce a thought to me that I haven't thought about for, I've never seen research like that and nobody's yeah. ever mentioned. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, this has yeah, been great. Uh, you know, uh, keep up your good work there. And, uh, uh, and I think it's okay to say that I don't know you personally, but I feel like I do now, but I'm proud of what you're doing and, well, uh, and, and keep that work up there and keep, uh, tell the group there too, uh, mm-hmm. keep up the good work there of, of leading others to Christ. So we again, will. thank you so much. And, uh, and, uh, we will talk to you in the near future, brother. Thank you. I will. Thank you. And keep up what you're doing too. I'm enjoying it. I know a lot of other people are. Okay, great. Thank you. Appreciate that. Melt my heart and fill my life, give me one soul today.